teams. Three-second difference between game clock and shot clock. So Ron Williams, this is one guy you got to try to find. Gets it off. Ties up the two in the last minute. 27 from the can. Stuhar. Here comes Felton. Four seconds to the win. Neil Everett and Scott Van Pelt are waiting on Sports Center with two minutes left in this game. Mr. Van Pelt's happy. He's touched out of it. Reddick for three again. How big is that? Got two shooters, Matthew Hurt and Alex O'Connor. Position. Got the miss. Jones, can he get a shot off? Yes! Jones knocks it down to tie the game. Comes the ball to North Carolina, him at the line, but he misses. Yep, one out of two. Duke can win with a three, send it to overtime. They, with don't, the they don't need timeouts. Plumley sets the pick. Rivers on his own. Yes, that's the buzzer. The Blue Devils win 85 84. Jones. This is the Brian Point Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast, Part 2, Go to Hell, Carolina, Go to Hell. That's right. And we got a very special guest with us. AC, this is your boy. Yes, this sir. is your guy who's with you every single game, pre-game, post-game. That's right. Twitter legend, D the Duke fan from, which I just found out, 20 minutes away from me, down here in North Carolina. So I'm glad to have a, another comrade with me here. Uh, D, it's good to have you on the podcast. I know that we've been trying to get you on here for a while, but AC, it was your idea to bring him on here. Do you think you can you know, keep it PG for us? <clears throat> Why would we keep it anything PG? <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I'm happy to be here, man. I appreciate y'all having me. <laughs> Why would we keep anything PG, huh? That, that's true. <laughs> There's this no reason. A- uh, sure, Jack, Jack's the, the one that tries to keep uh, AC and I in check, but uh, nobody's keeping Duke in check right now, and, and that's a big thing. And, and we obviously played a couple big games, uh, the, the last two, and the, the one against NC State. We, we kind of just all figured of, of the four games we had left, that game against NC State was going to be kind of the biggest one that we had just because everybody knows what was going to happen on Saturday. Saturday is the big game that everybody has circled. That game for Duke, not only did it give us a perfect home record for John Shire's first season, yes, sir. but in addition, yeah. it puts us one game away from potentially getting a buy in the ACC tournament. It allows us to continue the momentum that we built. And what I found the best AC was we had a 12-point lead and we cut down sometimes the two points we we were able to sustain that we were able to, to withhold all the momentum that nc state had gotten and we found a way to win this team didn't quit and i, I have a lot of respect for what that team did because earlier in the season we could have seen that team quit we could have seen that team you know fold and and i'm just proud of the guys no absolutely man um Jeremy Roach, right? <laughs> like, that's, yeah, right? That's the biggest thing, man. Like that Jeremy, Jeremy is the biggest reason why we we saved and spared that game at the end of the game. Because we went away from everything we are trying to do. This is the guy whose hand finally, you wanted to get. Oh, what the hell? 
Why did Trump come back? I, I was like, what happened? Job again. Yeah. I thought I did it. No, you didn't do that. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> the Trump came back, man. But no, no, Jeremy Jeremy did he, he did the things that we've been kind of hoping that we would get from somebody, which is end of game scoring, alpha score, give me the ball, and let me just take over. And and he did that, man. Like every almost every trip down the floor at the end of the game, he give me the ball over in that left wing. He started on the left wing and and, and, and did work from the, the high left from the half court line. So I, I loved I loved seeing what Jeremy did. That he that was completely I I am not gonna lose. And you heard him in, in his press conference after. He was like they they tried to punk us or they were trying they talked about punking us before the game. And they started the game trying to punk us and everything, and they, we weren't going to let that happen. And and they were, you could tell the team was very aware of sixteen and zero. So I'm I'm so proud of this team, man. It's a big win. I, I completely agree. I thought it was a huge game. I thought NC State, out of all the ACC teams, they match up really well with Duke. They got athletic guards. They got scoring guards. They got guards that love to shoot the ball. And Duke came in, and they played Duke basketball. And they were not going to get pushed around. They were not going to get pumped. And they let them know that off the bat. And they, even when it got to, you know, single digits and the state was making that run, Duke never looked shook. Not one bit. Now, and, Jack, Jack, I want to say that your boy Lively, we, we got to just carve out a, a second to talk about him. I thought that Lively, yes. he's the complete difference maker for this team. He really is. I mean, the way he's playing, and, and give the guy credit, all those Duke fans, beginning of the season, were saying he wasn't worthy of the number one uh, recruiting ranking and all this stuff. I believe a couple of those people are, are on this podcast, and I know I'm not one of them. <laughs> Yo, look, I saw d play in high school. That guy is electric. He, look, at the end of the day, he either plays like Jackson Hayes or he plays like Anthony Davis. The dip, the only thing you got to realize uh, is both of those guys are athletic freaks who block a lot of shots. Yeah. It doesn't matter how high of a consistency level you got. If you're doing that, you're going to be a difference maker. But, Jack, your, your take on Lively was spot on earlier in the season. It was a few podcasts ago where you were talking about the backdoor cuts and effort and – that's why he wasn't on the floor. That's why he played yeah. 11 minutes. And you were you were spot on, like absolutely correct. I don't care how many times a kid gets beat off, beat off the dribble. I'd rather that any day than a backdoor cut. Yeah, you got you to gotta put the effort in. He wasn't. He got benched. And he, he has not himself. stopped. He has not stopped putting the effort in since then. Not at all. Yeah, I think the I think the effort effort level for for Lively is, is key. He makes such a difference. Not only everybody talks about the defensive end, but AC and you and I talked about this. The way he extends to get rebounds, he has a longer length with his standing reach than anybody possibly in college basketball most likely. Yeah. And outside of eating maybe, but he was going out and getting those rebounds with the, at the high point where no one else possibly on the floor could go and get those and whether it was on the defensive end and securing the rock or on the offensive end and picking them out to three. The only negative I was saying is I wish that he, our guys would have rewarded him a little more by knocking some of those down but that's been the biggest thing to me is just D. Lively makes this team completely different. No absolutely and, and you talked sure. about him high point and rebounds man like number one, I, I think he's gonna test. I think he's gonna test longer than, than Zach Eady. Actually, Zach Eady's not not lengthy. Like he's seven four, but he's got short arms for somebody seven four. He's got I, a I negative think, wingspan. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Absolutely. I, th- I think I think D Live is gonna test better in terms of that length. But um, 
but but outside of that, man, like high point the rebounds, and like you said, you you wish the team reward him with the with the shots, and we're gonna, I think we're gonna get into that in a minute about this team's shot making. But I also I, I would love to see him take one of those rebounds and drop step back into the lane and go back up, bro. Like that's that's the yeah. next evolution in his game, man. Like and not even not all game, he doesn't have to do it every single possession, but three or four times just to keep the defense honest after he catches a rebound, man. I'd love to see him want to go back up with one because that that. You do that, man. That's that's another six or eight points, maybe even ten points from Derek Lively that you're not expecting that this team desperately needs, bro. Yeah. The, the other thing that, um, and I want to keep with Lively until we, and then we'll move to, to UNC. But you know, Lively, he doesn't take the bait. You know, he doesn't take the bait anymore on those threes that they're leaving him wide open. The one in the corner wasn't even his fault. That was that was Mark Mitchell shouldn't have given him a rock there. I just think that he's playing within himself. And for all the people that, and we, we, look, Jack, we said it on this podcast that if we got kind of second half, last six games, Mark, Mark Williams from his freshman year, then we're going to be in really good shape. Sure enough, that's what he's doing. So I want to give AC and myself a little bit of credit for that. <laughs> yeah, take that. No, you, and you should, and, and you should, but I, I think Lively deserves some credit for working and getting better too, because Jack wasn't okay. wrong at, at what no. he said earlier. I mean, he was spot on, and that was dead correct. But, and I, I was talking to some buddies, you know, locally just today, and I was like, Lively has changed. In the past five games, Lively has changed. And you could tell it because this Duke team has changed because of Lively. They're, they're able to do different things on the court offensively and defensively when Lively is playing at this level. And it's not just – Lively doesn't have to have 28 points a game to affect it. And we've talked about that, AC. Yeah, there's, there's no question. All right, so we got Carolina Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. TK, TK, really quick ahead, before we move on, I just want to say I didn't get to put this in when we were talking about Jeremy. <laughs> that game – shut up. <laughs> that game that, – that game against State, that was March Jeremy. He showed up a day early on February 28th, but that was March sure. Jeremy. You That's cannot true. tell me it wasn't. I've been watching mm-hmm. the last few days. It's March. I've been watching a few of our games from the tourney run last year. It's the same guy. That's March Jeremy. Yeah, he's different yeah. in March, bro. I will give you that. Yeah, he, he ends the season so well, man. Like, that, that's that's kind of been his M.O. the past couple of years. You, you saw what he did with Mark Williams to end uh, to end the, the, the season, their freshman season together and how, how those two just gelled so much at the end of that year. Mark, Mark was – was so dominant at the end of that season. And part of it was because Jeremy was able to find him. He was able to work with him and it gave Mark a, a perimeter score to do some work. Last season, we saw exactly what Jeremy could do, man. That Michigan State game saved us. Texas Tech, he and Paulo saved us. Syracuse, that game in the conference tournament, first one of the of, of the conference tournament, saved us. And now this season, man, 19 points against U- uh, VT, 20 now against NC State. You know he's going to have a big game against NC UNC at, at the Dean Dome, man. Like, you know that's coming, bro. Like, this, it's we we have our our captain our leader man and and it's a perimeter player which is huge like that's enormous yeah there's there's no question that Mark Jeremy has arrived and I'm looking forward this is most likely going to be his last game um against UNC UNC's not going to make the tournament after we woke him up let's go so let's just call it what it is here's, here's the thing is that UNC is on a three-game winning streak huge win at Notre Dame huge win at Notre Dame about North Carolina right now even bigger, even bigger, even bigger win against that juggernaut of uh, UVA 
And then a massive win at Florida State. Um, yeah, sure, they almost blew both of those. But the fact remains true that they're on a three-game winning streak. So they are ready to knock us off. Is that right, Jack? Did you not see what Leaky Black said today? I did not. No. What did he say? Can we give me some oh, breaking news? Give, give give some news Jack. Let me find it. Oh, gosh. He was talking all it. this junk. All I mean, this how did, so the thing about Leaky Black, why you want you to find that, is – Team's game plan to leave him open. I think that, you know, he gets it's much like the credit that UVA gets and, and is blown out of proportion defensively. I do think that Leafy Black is a tremendous defender, but it is starting to get to that point and he's already there that he's you're stupid athletic. You're <laughs> he, he is. He really is. I mean he's a he's a very good uh defender, but I do think that it's a little bit blown out of proportion. I have a lot of respect for him, but there's a reason he's not a DPOY finalist. Here's the quote. He said, I want to win. I want it to be a real nasty win. I want Caleb to talk his junk. And that's all it is, is junk. Look. I could give a about North Tell Carolina me. right now. Everyone is savage until they face-to-face with one. Right, right. See, look, they, they want to win the game, man. They absolutely want to win the game. They have high motivation to win this game, right? Like... I mean, is, they, they, they have to win this game. That's absolutely. the thing. No, they have to. But what? let's play devil's advocate for a second. A reporter puts a microphone in your face. You're you're an athlete. What are you supposed to say? Nah, man, we good. Both teams play hard. Uh, yeah, like, no. Of course, what, I mean, what are you supposed to say if you're leaky? No, I, I, I get that. You don't give you don't give both teams. You have more issue than, than anything with Baycott saying he hates Roach than – because <laughs> Leaky's wasn't I mean, expected to say that. Baycott is gonna be Baycott, so Baycott's he's, he's, gonna, he's going to get his sixteen and fourteen. Sixteen of those points will be. No, he's not. Lively's gonna be on him again. No, no, at home. Okay, at home he will have it. I'm gonna actually see him probably have eighteen and thirteen. Eighteen points, thirteen rebounds. Twelve of those eighteen will be from the foul line. Well, that means Lively fouls out and Flippers. Right. Young has a couple extra. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, will, what was it? They didn't get a single foul shot in the second half when they played in Caraman. The, the I think okay receiver, with Baycott were, getting 18 if Caleb and RJ get shut down. That's the key, right? Like, the key is yeah. shutting down their perimeter. Like, that's that's yes. absolutely the key. Like, Let Baycott eat. Cool. Right. As He's long as Caleb has zero points. Exactly. He's scoring one and two-point baskets. He's inefficient. We can't let We can't let two things happen. We can't let Caleb Love and RJ Davis go nuts. And we'll get the. I know we'll get the Pete Nance in a second because I know TK texted on the uh, on our group chat about about Pete Nance and what he's been doing the past couple of games. Yeah, he's different. But but we can't also can't let Leaky Black's defense affect the game in a way that you know negatively affects what we want to do on offense. John had a great great game plan with Leaky Black last time, which was whoever's on him is going to stick on the perimeter, stick out on the side, and we're running the offense from the other side of the floor. Like it, it was, it was shit simple, and and it worked. It worked well enough. Like obviously, we weren't great offensively that game, but it right. worked well enough to get the win. And we're gonna do the same thing again because we did it against UVA as well. Anybody who has a team or a player that is a, a really good defender, we're gonna stick that dude away from the basket where they can't double down, they can't help off. Same thing with uh, Virginia Tech with Justin Mutz and with Hunter Couture. We put those guys in positions where they're not in help, and you got to do that with Leaky as well. And we have enough scores on offense to where if he does shut one person down, somebody else is going to step up. I'm not concerned with that. With that, yeah, I think I think the focus on the guards is probably correct to, to kind of start this one out. 
where both Caleb Long and RJ Davis against Florida State shot three of seven from three. And RJ Davis is coming off a couple of really good games. He shot 50% from three against UVA. So, and, and he's a great foul shooter. It's not a guy you want to put on the line either. But, you know, Caleb Love is Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. He's a guy that he can come out and shoot, you know, four of nine, or he can shoot all of nine. You have absolutely no idea which one he's going to get. So I think to your point, it's like, I would run the same defense that we had in Cameron, do the same exact things that we did there. I was still, I know we didn't see a whole lot of it, AC, but I would still like to see Mark Mitchell marched, uh, matched up against um, Caleb Blow for a decent stretch. I'm I'm fine with Tyrese Proctor on Caleb. Uh, yeah, Love. I was gonna say don't let Proctor out of Caleb Love's jersey. I would I, w- I would reverse that and put him on uh, R.J. Davis though. I was gonna I'm say the same thing. R.J. Davis know. scares me way more than Caleb. One hundred percent. Jeremy locked R.J. up last time. And maybe maybe it was because of Deja Kelly. Maybe R.J. was struggling. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Have they worked that out? I mean, is that like... apparently? I think they. I saw something on Twitter where they were like, "It's fine. We're uh, we're family or something like that." And I, that's, that's weird. Well, they're Eskimo brothers. Yeah, I was like, "That's definitely weird." But that is some North Carolina stuff. If I had never heard it, oh no way. Uh, <laughs> we family screwed the women's Keith. team. So yo, get him, Jack. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm a little miffed. Nah, she she hit like the uh, dagger no against Duke women last weekend. So it's payback. It's payback. Yeah. That's true. I didn't know he was going to get into women's basketball. You never know where this podcast is going to take us. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Nah, they're good this year. It's fun to watch, actually. Yeah. Hey, I, I know y'all are hearing me talk about Proctor. I get it. I understand. But I think he is Duke's best defender, not perimeter defender. And I get Lively changes the game with how he can defend the rim. I get it. But if you can prevent him from getting the rim, getting to the rim, then you don't have to worry about Lively. I think if you put Proctor on Caleb, because you don't want him to get hot, he can go 0-9 all night. But in the final four, he hit three in a row that slumped Duke. So Absolutely, you, to, you have to stay in his pockets, man, all night long, and Proctor can do it. Absolutely, and if we can keep Mark Mitchell on Pete Nance, that's that's even more of a plus. You know what I mean? Pete Nance is playing such good basketball, man. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's playing seven, crazy he's, good. He severed up his last ten from three D, and my fear, and and I don't know if this is going to play out, but my fear is that he somehow just turns into Manic because that's kind of what happened to Manic, where you know once he started getting in the rhythm. He had a rhythm throughout the the end of the year, through you know obviously the last game of the season, and through the NCAA tournament, he was the X factor for them. That's what they kind of hoped to plug and play with Pete Nance when they brought him in. He hasn't done it all season long. He's been pitiful, and then all of a sudden he's starting to to light it up. He's Hopefully their best player. He Hopefully is. He's their I, I still, best player. Him and Davis are the two best players. And he knows he's from a Duke system, y'all. Yeah, he's from Collins. I watched a lot of him when he was at Northwestern. I, I believe it. I'm a huge Pete Nance fan. Yeah, he's he was huge. my favorite non-Duke player in college ball until he went to Carolina. I I, I I was pissed that we got Ryan Young and not him. I wanted Nance bad. Me too, bro. And and he's from a Duke system. And that, that dude is good. That dude is just yeah, he's, he's a, good. And that's the danger, right? Like you, you want to be good. able to keep you want to be able to keep good defenders on him. One of the things you can do to to really inhibit what Pete Nance wants to do, 
force him off the elbow because he wants to be on the elbow and he wants to be on that free throw line extended to get his shots. Force him off those spots and and make make him catch uncomfortable uncomfortable catches, man. Like don't let him catch in rhythm. Like him catching in rhythm is dangerous. That's one of the reasons he's starting to be seven for ten. They played two zone uh, two teams that played zone against them in the past couple weeks, and then UVA's defense where they sink back. He's been able to catch in rhythm slightly in those games. You don't want that to happen. And Duke's been playing really good three point percentage defense, so I want to see us be able to keep that up because that's that's yeah, what's really uh, keeping us afloat. Yeah, so you're you're probably right then. Put putting Mitchell on him and that allows. That allows Duke to kind of play that same defense that they did mm-hmm. against NC State, Absolutely. where you, ha- you have Lively on Baycott, and then Flip can kind of play that Flip floater can play role. Leaky, bro. He, can, he, he can, can he can play on Leaky, and he can just well, that's help what I'm off. saying. Kind of play that floater role, which yeah. is going to stand in the corners. If he goes three or four, then you, you adjust. But he just went three or four against uh, Florida State, so if the odds are what they're supposed to be, then he's not going to do that. He's going to go one <laughs> of five, one of six. <laughs> Or it's Duke, and he's going to go three or five like last well, time. Right, right. Senior yeah. day. He'll, hit, he'll hit the first one again. Again? <laughs> How many senior days do you get? Two, apparently. And I'm sure he has another year of eligibility. That's two more than Joey oh, Baker. Yeah. No, this was his actual last year. Okay. Now, Joey got his senior day at Michigan yeah, last he year. Got his, I said a Duke. I said a Duke. Good for him. <laughs> did Joey get a senior day at Michigan? He, he did. did. He, one. he did, yes. He got one. Good for him. He deserved it, honestly. I no, dude. I I yeah, spent I four know. long years defending Joey Baker, bro. I I have a Joey Baker jersey. <laughs> hey, man, I'm happy for him, man. Do your thing, man. Yeah, I got I got love for Joey. So, how do we see this game playing out then? Because I do think that it's going to be very similar to the first one, where it's just going to be a dog fight. The good news for us is we just played a dog fight game, mm-hmm. and you know we have experience there. The thing that I, I really want to point, I want to go back to, is what does this game mean to both teams? This is a game for Duke where we can say, okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna finish it off, and we're gonna give you the knockout blow. You're out. If we come out there and win and do what we're supposed to do, we're the better team. We're gonna knock you out, and we're gonna win the game. Carolina, they're playing for their lives. It's not much uh, unlike last year or in the final game of the regular season. They're playing for their tournament lives. People forget that. They weren't a tournament team until they knocked us off. And then, you know, all of a sudden they get an AC and, and, and go, go on their uh, lucky-ass run. So, you know, to, to me, it's the, the dichotomy of, of what both teams are looking to do here. And, you know, Duke kind of got a little bit more to play for than they did last year which is Duke knew where they were. They were already going to be the number one seed. They had already locked up the ACC. Um, so now we can say, okay, well, if we do this and get a little bit of help on the other side, we can get a, a, a double buy. So there's at least a little bit of things to play here. I don't know. AC, what do you got? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like both both teams have both teams have so much to play for, right? And and But really, ultimately, what they have to play for is it's Duke Carolina. Like, at, at the end of the day, it's this is going to be a high level game so for, for me in in this regard like for for what what do they have to play for it's like which coach can get their team to do what it is that they need to do right like the motivation factor the the actual schematic factor of the game like who who's going to have the best game plan in the situation like hubert can't just continue to go uh, we're we're just going to hope hope Caleb can hit hope Love can hit. Hope hope we get a couple of couple of fouls that we need to get. You know, he's always talking about the fouls and what they want. You heard him after NC State. Sometimes I would just let you hear him for after NC State. When you want it, where you want it, how you want it, in the manner in which you want it. 
<laughs> I don't see – I don't understand why people think that this UNC team is different than any other UNC team we've ever seen. What? That's what Roy Williams did. He rolled the ball out and hoped to God that they were knocking down shots in transition, that they were making turnovers, that they were rebounding offensively. Like, there's no set plays. Even Hubert said he only calls set plays when he's mad at them. I mean, this is the same UNC-type team that we've been seeing for the last 20 years. You got a guard that you're going to have to prevent from shooting threes. You got a big that you're going to have to stop from getting inside. That's their game. Stop it. This is the same UNC team. Yeah, Jack, the last UNC game, I'll stand up here. I'll put my hand up. Um, I predicted us to lose just from where we were, and uh, you know, I just didn't think that we were ready. Boo this man, boo this man. Well, you know, I, I, I can stand up and I can say that. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. How, how do you see this game playing out? And then we'll get to our predictions. How do you see this game playing out? I think Lively's going to be in foul trouble more so than last game, uh, which is not saying much seeing as he had like two fouls all game, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think he'll probably have two in the first half. But I also think that Duke is going to be able to overpower Carolina. I think Pete Nance was able to take open shots against teams that give up the three-point line. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be a manic. And I think defensively, I think our one through three can defend their one through four. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think Duke matches up really well with Carolina. I agree. I think down the stretch, especially, Love's going to go into hero ball mode. So you put Proctor or Mitchell on him, and it's airball city. I, I really, I'm way more confident about this game than I think I should be, but I, I think Duke comes out on top. I think it'll be close, but I do think Duke pulls it out. I think it'll be close, too. And I, I wasn't overconfident until you just said it. So thank you for that. <laughs> I was just really like high on this team, but now I'm like, oh man, am I overthinking it? But no, it'll be close just because it's Duke Carolina. There's very few Duke Carolina blowouts. Um, we've all been watching it for years, we know. But if I mean, yeah, Jack, I, everything you said is is absolutely true. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a dogfight. Who's going to turn the ball over the least? Who's going to who's going to hit clutch free throws down the stretch? who's going to force a turnover in a in a non-turnover type situation if you know what i mean like that those are the little things that are going to decide this game and it those are the things that decide every duke carolina game and and one thing but we haven't throw even all the rankings out one thing we haven't even touched on we didn't even have the last game that's true and, and unc point. the last four games unc has allowed 27 percent, 30 percent, 33 percent, and 20 percent from three like you know John's going to be drawing something. back up. one more game. <laughs> yeah, the game before that was 46% for three against Miami. So you, you, you oh, I thought you were Duke-UNC games. No, no, no. no. This, was, this, was, this was UNC's last four games. They've actually played really good three-point percentage defense. Now, they played Notre Dame, NC State, UVA, and Florida State. All of those teams are, are not great three-point shooting teams by any stretch of the imagination. So it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of false, false advertising there. But now you have Dariq back in the lineup, man. And 
that, that is that is key because yes, there are gonna, you're right. Like like managing our bigs is going to be so important. So there's going to be a lot of times in this game we're not going to be able to play two big sets. We're going to have to play one big sets at times to to make things work. And we did that last time a little bit too against UNC. Ryan Young got a fair amount of minutes too. So but, well. but we we are going to have to play some single big sets at times, especially if if. Washington comes in the game. Baycott goes. I think Baycott's going to be in foul trouble a little bit too in the beginning of this game as well. He's he's foul prone, and we're going to attack the basket. You saw how we attacked it against NC State. We're going to attack the basket this game. So getting him into foul trouble is pretty easy. We've been able to do it each time we've played them. So, well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going. I want to keep it on Whitehead for just a second there because you know this is the last game of the regular season. We've been waiting for Whitehead to have a a moment. You know, mm-hmm. yes. you know, Rivalry's had his moment. Flip has obviously had his. Proctor has had plenty of his moments. Uh, Mitchell's had plenty of his moments. Had three against Notre Dame, and that was humongous. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously playing great. Whitehead has not had his moment yet. And coming into the season, obviously with the injuries, totally understandable. You kind of want to think a guy like that wants to have his moment, and there's no bigger stage for him than to do it on the road at Carolina. And just put it whether that is what he did against Syracuse and knocked down, you know, four or five threes. I, I this is a game that he can do that. You know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to say something about Reek, and it's not if he wants to, it's not anything about that. He has to. It is time for Reek to show up. Mm-hmm. He's healthy. He's had, I think, four games in a row now where like eleven or twelve minutes, four point. I mean. You've seen spurts of him, you know, that step back jumper was good, but that was it. It's four Mm -hmm. points. We need Reek to show up. I need you to have double digits from here on out. If Duke wants to make a long run in this tournament in March, Reek needs to show up. And it'll no question about it. It'll put the NCAA on notice if he has a game, a big game, uh, along with the rest of the team having a big game against UNC. It'll put the NCAA on notice if he has a game like that, man. Just give me nine. Reek? If Derek shows up, we might be playing in April. Yeah, 100%. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. And, and that's just how it goes to show you where this team is and how special of a player he is. I'm not saying we're going to do it, but if he if he gives us what he's capable of, then we absolutely can get to that next level. One of the things that, you know, over this win streak has been the points off the bench Collectively, obviously, you have Brandon, you have Ryan Young in that mix as well. That's where Duke, like if Duke can get that eighteen to twenty-five points off the bench, no other team's doing that. No, yeah, and he's due because he's had a couple of bad that's games. He's like, like, like six, just, three, five points. That like, yeah, that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work in March. In last three games. Yeah, it's not gonna work in March, boys. Not at all. Not at all. It just, it just puts too much pressure on the the, the five starters and Grandison really. Because and with a defender, with a defender like Leaky Black, man, you want you want three to four perimeter players doing work on on the outside because now whatever he does is just completely negated. That's why I, th- I think we're gonna see. That's why I think we're gonna see some single big sets this game, and and Derek is gonna be a big factor in that. UNC is a shooter's gem, man. They're a bad three point shooting team. This is a recipe for him to go nuts. And if he does, if he does, this is not even a close game. It's not. So, you know, that's actually a good point. So, what I when I was thinking about earlier today, when I'm you know thinking about the podcast and what we're going to talk about, I try to think about the game. And usually, when I get into a scenario where I think about a particular matchup, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, 
and I look at the two teams and I go through the scenarios. What is the more likely scenario? That they blow us out or we blow them out? And then what can I see happening? A close win for Duke, a close win for Carolina. I see either one of those happening, but I don't see Carolina blowing us out. And I do see a, a pathway. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm certainly not going to predict that. But I can see a, a pathway for Duke blowing them out. And so when I think about that, that's when I say, okay, if that's what I'm coming to, then I'm going to pick Duke to win that game. Of course. <laughs> of course. Like, I mean, that, that's, that's, that is, like, if that's all how you all things are equal, right? If all things are equal, then that's what, that's what you lean toward. Yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I said Duke would lose, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. You, know, you I, need to go back to a few podcasts here, Jack, and, and you know, predict. Uh, I think I had three or four games straight where I predicted Duke to lose. So I know you guys are more objective than me. I'm. I am. I will admit that I'm unobjective. I, I can have an, an optimist. I can have an unobjective conversation, but I will not say Duke's going to lose. I just can't do it. Never. I'll never say that. Especially I'll say that I this think is- this is a record we have over a stretch. I'm never going to say, "Oh, we're going to lose this game." And it's good to see that Duke is winning four, five, six games in a row because, I mean, that's what you have to do in March. Oh, yeah. And against various types of teams, like zone teams, man-to-man teams, teams with bigs, teams that, that run small ball, like every everything, man. We, we, we're surviving, turning the ball over. We're winning games not turning the ball over. We're winning games rebounding. We're winning games where we're shooting 20 14% from three. You know what I mean? We're, we're winning games. As Hubert say, how do you want it? Like we're winning games any way you want, Hubert. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cuts like, by a thousand eyes, right? Hubert, how do you want it? Yeah. I mean, the three-point sh- shooting last game was awful. Awful. Two of nineteen. And we were and we were cooking that game. Yep. We were up double digits. And the, but that's what I I said early in the season. I don't want this team to shoot threes anymore. Not right now. You got to learn to eat from the inside first. And then that opens up the threes. When's the last time Flip hit a three? <laughs> Anybody got that? <laughs> he he had a bunch of good looks last game. He did. A bunch of good looks. Check his game logs. Yeah, he really I mean, did. With Flip, I mean, talk about a guy who's due. I mean, that's the other thing about this game is like, you know, UNC just busted their load at Florida State. I get him. Just shot. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> hey, I, I thought it was did. PG. I thought it was you know, PG. PG. And then, you know, you have Duke, who is coming off two of 19. You know, Whitehead hit one, right? But, you know, Duke, Duke just did not shoot the ball well. Roach missed a bunch of open threes. After who I think is really coming to his own, he's hit, he's, he's, he missed a bunch. I think that we're, we're just flat out due. I think we're due for a big shooting night. Flip hit one against Louisville and two against Syracuse. Okay. He did have a good night against Syracuse. I forgot about that. Everybody had a good night in Syracuse. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, <laughs> a good point. that's a good point. Everybody ate. It was all in Canadian up there. <laughs> Which was actually shocking. That was – I didn't I think it would be – I expected it to be way closer than it was. Man, Bayheim is cooked. Oh, yeah. Is he ran man the other night. That, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Might have had a small stroke. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like one game, Bayheim is like, I've, I've got it. I've got the – fire back and then it's like i don't know maybe he doesn't the thing is the zone doesn't work in a perimeter oriented offense anymore unless you have like athletic freaks 
on the perimeter, and he doesn't. He doesn't have guys with length. He doesn't have guys with incredible explosiveness. So the perimeter is just wide open. He hasn't had that in years. Well, yeah, you're not getting, you know, Gerard and, and them. Look, I got a lot of love for Gerard, but he has a negative wingspan. Yeah. And he is a shooter. <laughs> he is not an athlete. Yeah. I saw he this kid play in high almost school. Almost wore a Duke jersey. So, uh-huh. And I would have loved him. Heesh. I would have gone to bat for him like I did Greg Paulus, that's for sure. I was about to say, nah. did you really want another Greg Paulus? Nah. Nah. <laughs> he would have been nah. a role player. He wouldn't have been the focal point. Oh, Jesus. Um, but we, we don't have to worry about it. We got to get back on track here. We got to get back on track. We got to get back on here. I'm not going to go off on a tangent about Jim fucking Behan. So anyway, let's start getting some predictions here. Um, oh, what's going to happen here Saturday night? The, you're the guest on the show, so we're going to give you the first crack in the score prediction. Um, somebody remind me, what did Mark Mitchell have last game against UNC? I feel like he had a good game. Uh, let me pull that up. He had Mitchell. He had six points, <laughs> eight rebounds, two offensive rebounds. He was playing hella defense, though. Yeah, the defense okay. is where he sh- uh, showed up. Nance shot one for ten. Yeah, and he's, he he's not going to do that this time around. You know, Nance he's is not going to shoot. Nance and Davis, time. and Davis was five for sixteen. Yeah. Whew. Uh, it's going to be close, guys. Uh, Seventy-nine, seventy-three, Duke. Um, I think Mark might have a big game. That's why I asked what, what his stats were last Duke UNC game. It, he's such a different player. He's a mismatch on the court. In my opinion, I, I don't think UNC has a player to guard Mark Mitchell. Mm-mm. And no. if and he's the way he's been playing the last few games, like he, he's dunking on folks, he's playing down low, he's getting gritty. I, I, he's he's I think he might be the leading scorer, and I think Duke takes it 79, 76, 79, <laughs> 75, something like that. I like wow, score follow that up. Man, um, I mean the the key is the key is defense in this game, right? Like that's the key. That's one thousand percent the key. That's what that's what shot us in the foot last year at UNC, and that's the one thing we did well at Duke against UNC this time around. And all, all of our players are playing great defense, right? All the way to Dariq, man. Like Dariq is, you, you wouldn't think of him yeah. as a defender. He's playing awesome defense, Get, getting on the ground with state, all that stuff, scrumming with people, man. Like we are playing, See? we are playing not no lose basketball, and I I, I just get. I get the vibes of a game like the the 2001 season. Not not as many points, but I get the vibe of a game where we're just going to be hitting three. We're going to be raining threes on these fools, man, because that's I, – I, you know Hubert's going to be trying to stop the penetration and trying to stop the interior scoring from Flip, from Jeremy getting to the rim, all those things. They're going to be playing a lot of help. So Grandison, Reek, Tyrese – like we have guys who can shoot on that outside, man, and I really, I really see it happening. And if, and if we are popping from three like that, that's that's ball game, bro. And and that's I that's what I, I am predicting that happening. I am predicting that that's what we're doing. We're putting UNC out of their misery, putting them out of the tournament in big fashion, getting a little bit of get back for last year, just a little bit. And and, like and and give me give me give me eighty five to sixty five, man. We're we're throwing oh. throwing blows, baby. Talk to him. What? Talk to him. Oh, 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 
Uh, Jack, Jack, you can't follow that up, that up so I'm going to do it. Um, oh, I, my I, God. I think, that the key, I think the key is here, like it always is for Duke, it's, it's limiting the turnovers. Limit the turnovers, protect the ball. They're going to want to get up in us, pause, and they're going to want to, you know, really try to disrupt this. But I, I, I do agree with AC. I do think that we're going to hit a lot of threes. I think that we're due to hit some threes. I think that this matchup for us is one that we're hungry to get. We, we have a lot on the line. And, yeah, I agree. I mean, a lot of these guys, other than Jeremy Roach, they didn't – obviously, every guy except for Jeremy Roach didn't play in this game last year, but they still want to get one for Shire. They still want to get one for the guys that came before them. So I got Duke in this one, 81-79. I do think it'll be close, but I do think that we control the game pretty much the entire way through outside of maybe the first five or six minutes where – you know, the, the momentum and the crowd and all that kind of stuff kind of swings you a little bit. But once things settle down, I think it'll be a, you know, three, four-point lead at half. I think we hang on and win 81-79. Jack, I'll give you the last word. 75-71. I also think we're going to be hitting a decent amount from the perimeter. I, I think Baycott's going to get cooked, I think. Davis is going to get cooked on defense. I don't know who is going to be able to contain Mitchell because, like, Everyone said he's different right now. I think Dariq's going to be able to get his even with Leaky on him, if Leaky's on him. If he's not on him, I'll game over. But now give me 75-71, and the guys are going to wave the wine and cheese-ass crowd out the dome like last year. Hey! One of my best friends goes to Carolina. I hope he's sad on Saturday night. <laughs> Let him know, Jack. Tell him to podcast. Dad gone. <laughs> You gotta tell him how it is, Jack. Gotta tell him how it is, Jack. Yeah, I hope I hope it's uh, very quiet, just like it was up in the carrier dome. Same exact thing. We gotta shut it down. Raining a bunch of threes. Let's go, Duke. Go, Duke. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on, baby. Let's go, Duke. Go, Duke. Are we not forgetting? Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Let's go. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Go to Hell Carolina. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Five Point Play podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Also, check us out on Twitter and on Instagram. Five Point Play Podcast. Let's go, Duke. Go to Hell Carolina. Go to Hell.